My name is Allie, and welcome to Funny Fat Friend, a podcast about this bodacious biracial babe trying to find herself in film. It's been so long! I'm sorry! <laughs> At first I was like, oh, it'll just be like, I'll take like a little, little hiatus for like a week, it'll be fine, and then it turned into a month, and now I don't even know, it's been so long, and I'm so sorry! Here's here's what I've been doing. Okay, let me give you a life update. How about that? Um, so, things happening in my life. Um, I got a new job working for an incredible organization that I super duper love. Uh, change today, change tomorrow. I have promoted them on the podcast before. And guess what? I work for them now full time. That's my job. And I love it. It's a black woman led nonprofit here in Louisville. Showing up and providing for all things blackity black. Okay? Follow us online. Learn more about all that we do. Volunteer and give us your money. You can hit us up. Change-today.org. You can just message me about the organization if you have any questions. Want to get a bunch of people together to come volunteer. Want to come help us. We have a big uh, donor day coming up on September 17th. What, what? I'll be on local news channels talking about it. Ooh, I'm famous. Um, but yeah, big day. If you're gonna give, do it on September 17th. It's the day your dollar goes the furthest to help us. But I'll talk about it again because I will be back talking about another movie before September 17th, I promise. I'm so sorry, okay. What else has been happening? Ooh, I helped my best pal, Sean, move to Chicago. He has a podcast. You should check out his podcast. I've been on his podcast. It's very good. Very intellectual. Very, very smart darlings. I don't know. Maybe should I do British accents? You know that I shouldn't. I know that I shouldn't. But here we are. Um, yeah. So he has a podcast called Come and See. He talks about theater, plays. It's beautiful. I love it. You should love it also. Very well made. But Sweet Baby Sean is in Chicago now being a full ass playwright, living his bliss, doing what he is meant to be doing on this earth. I love him. But I helped him move. And that was time. <laughs> away from the podcast. Uh, I also, ooh, I got to visit one of the great loves of my life and deep, deep friend of the pod, Matt, who lives in Connecticut, is a hot-ass professor. And we had a wonderful time. Thank you again for hosting me, Matt. It was an absolute blast. Y'all, we rode on a trolley at a trolley museum. And if you've ever ridden on a trolley, do it at a trolley museum. It was life-changing, except when the trolley came back around um, and the bugs that had been around started flying in our faces. And that was gross. But the rest of it was absolutely lovely. It was very wholesome. I had a wonderful time. Okay, uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, I was supposed to go to L.A., to visit pals, but we're in a pandemic and it's very bad. 
So I canceled that. That was like right at the, as soon as the surge of the Delta variant started about a week after that was when I was supposed to go to LA. And so I was like, nah, better not. So I didn't. Um, and now I have a flight credit, um, which at first they were like, you have 30 days to use this. And I was like, mama, why are you going to do that? And then they were like, oh, we'll extend it because no one should be flying. Um, unless you have to and you're very safe about it and good for you if you do. But yeah, it was just for fun. So I was like, you know, I cannot do this. So I didn't. Ta-da. If you have not gotten vaccinated, please, 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 please. Do you need six of them? Please get vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. I got vaccinated. My ass got vaccinated in January because I was working at a healthcare facility at that point. So mama was like, first in line, let's go, shoot me up, get me good. And then I was bored and alone until other people started getting vaccinated. <laughs> but it's the thing to do. The FDA now is like, do it, do it to it with that Fizy Fize, get that in your veins. Um, if you cannot get it, talk to your healthcare provider, definitely. Um, talk to them. If you think you can't get it, talk to them. I'm not going to say whether you can or can't, but if you have no underlying health conditions that make you question it, uh, get it. If you have any questions, get up on, get up on that CDC website. Get up in my DMs and I'll talk to you as much as I can about it from what I know, having worked in healthcare, what I can help you with. Okay. Uh, what, what else is going on? Uh, we want people to get vaccinated. We want the queens to mask up. Mask up, please. I know we got real excited. We got jazzed because we were vaccinated. But homies, the Delta variant uh, can cause breakthrough infections. I know several people who are vaccinated and got the Rona. One of them I know is in quarantine right now and I can't see him or his whole family right now. And it's a real fucking bummer. Uh, yeah, you don't want to be celebrating your birthday or hurting someone you know, you know, by accidentally having it. Keep that mask on. It's okay. It's easy. We got it. We can do it. I got a cute new one. Recently, it's got little birds on it. So, yeah. <laughs> um... What else? Oh, oh yeah. I can just look around me right now. You might even be able to hear the difference in the audio. The acoustics are probably even better on this one. Um, I'm moving. She's moving. Not to a new city, staying in Louisville, just to a different neighborhood, different apartment. Um, our apartment is a sheet hole. It's the worst. And our property management company has just been a Fucking nightmare. So we are getting the fuck out. Um, and it's a good thing. Matilda is okay right now. She's just laying over in the corner, just looking out the window at her programs. Um, having a nice time. She, I don't think she really even understands what's going on yet. Uh, but, you know, it'll be great. <laughs> She's going to love the new place, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, so I'm moving, uh, which is... Ass. I hate moving. I think everyone hates moving. It's a terrible, terrible, awful process. 
It's nice. I have gotten rid of so many things. Why do we have so much stuff? For why? Um, but yeah, been able to donate a lot of fucking shit to a lot of organizations. That's been fun. But I'm ready to be done. I just want to get it all done. Uh, and I will this weekend. So by the time you're listening to this, the next day is when I should be moving my bed and shit. So if you're in the Louisville area and want to help me move, <laughs> hit me up. I'll be doing it Friday and Saturday. Um, great. I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's all my life updates. Um, it's still super fucking hot outside. Um, so it's still summer. Uh, so we're still doing that 80s, baby. Totally awesome 80s. Let's fucking go. This movie, I don't think was on anybody's recommendations for me. So that's a real dick move on my part. I'm so sorry. Um, (laughs) I do have a Google Doc that has all of the films that people have recommended that I do for the 80s. This one I just happened to do because uh, the news, basically. We'll just get into it. Let's just get into it. Okay, so... (laughs) The film I'm doing for this one is from 1989. It is the most famous baseball film of all time. Yes, it is. The most iconic baseball film known to man. Field of Dreams. Mm. So yeah, I'm doing Field of Dreams because recently they had the big Field of Dreams game. Like where they actually went out to Iowa or Idaho. I don't remember already, but we'll get to it in a second or going over the plot. (laughs) Where they actually went out there and they had two teams play and it was fun, I guess. But I, we were watching it, my partner and I, and he was like, well, Field of Dreams. And I was like, yeah, I've never seen it. I don't know really what happens. I was like, I know the whole, like, if you, if you build it, they will come. I know that that is the most famous quote from it, but that was all. And, um, this fucking film is bonkers. Okay. (sighs) Okay. Calm down. Let's, we're going to talk about it in a second. Let's, let's get down to brass tacks. Let's just do some, some basic information. Field of Dreams, 1989. Budget, $15 million. It made $84.4 million and is a part of, like, the Library of Congress. It, like, is being kept forever (laughs) because it's so important. (laughs) Fine. I, like, agree a little. It's fine. We're just going to talk. It's going to be great. We're going to talk about it. All right. So, (laughs) we open. And we see Kevin Costner. Oh, what a treat. Kevin Costner. Uh, Okay, I'm going to be real. I know, like, what Kevin Costner looks like, and I know that that is his name. And so I said Kevin Costner when I saw him and I heard him. He was talking. Um, But I only really know him from a Bowling for Soup song. There's a lyric in the song Val Kilmer. 
Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. Like Kevin Costner, that chick from Monster. Give me Adam Sandler, Will Ferrell, Belushi, or even Val Kilmer. Yeah, so that's the... <laughs> it's not one of their famous songs at all. <laughs> I'm a big Bowling for Soup fan. Learn about me, okay? Um, so, yeah, that's mainly why I know Kevin Costner's name. I did watch Dances with Wolves when I was a kid, technically, but I was like homesick. And so it was just like this four hour fever dream, which I've heard from other people, pretty much is what it is anyway. So I guess, you know, it's basically the same. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so the opening to the film is, is very simple. It's just like black text, opening title, and credit sequence. And ooh, I saw it's based on a book. That's pretty fun. A baseball book. Is it, I guess, no. Maniac McGee was not a baseball book. He, was, he ran. But yeah. Sports books. Sports fiction books. Kind of tough. I don't know. It's such a visual thing, you know, sports. But maybe that makes it easier to imagine. I don't know. I don't know. Let me know. Just comment below. <laughs> Send me a message. Do you like sports books? Tell me about your sports, sports books that you enjoy. Cool. Great. We get voiceover. We love that, don't we? Friends of the pod. We know how we feel about voiceover. But it's the 80s. And it's Kevin Costner, and so I guess it's okay. We also get, like, a nice little picture slideshow and a bunch of backstory. So it's fine. I appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, we meet Kevin Costner, his character, <laughs> through voiceover. He talks about his dad being a baseball player who turned naval yard worker, then a single dad. And he went to college at Berkeley. Kevin Costner's character did. And he got high a lot. <laughs> then he met his wife. They got married and moved to Iowa. It was Iowa. And his dad died shortly after he got married. But his dad never got to even meet his wife. So I guess he didn't even come to the wedding. It's really sad. Hmm. But he and his wife had a kid and bought a farm in Iowa. Kevin Costner's character's name is Ray Kinsella. Um... We see him walking through his cornfield. It's very pretty. We immediately, though, hear the most famous line of the fucking movie in a whisper, just in the breeze, says, If you build it, he will come. This is ASMR now. If you build it, he will come. <laughs> it's terribly off putting i do not like it and it really freaks out ray which is the only time in this film that someone acts rationally is the first time that ray hears the voice say if you build it he will come his wife and daughter don't hear it right they're also outside and he's like word you don't hear that okay so then we it's nighttime all of a sudden while they're sleeping, there's spooky lightning, and Ray wakes up, and he hears the voice again. And he goes to the window, and he's like, talking to the cornfield, I guess. And it's like, build what? 
And then his wife wakes up and asks what he's doing. And he's like, nothing. I'm just talking to the cornfield. Everyone deals with ridiculousness so well. It's like Rob Deirdrick. And I don't, it's MTV2 up in this piece. <laughs> Field of dreams people in this universe. Everybody's just like, weird shit? Oh, word. <laughs> Great. Next day, Ray takes his daughter to work, or to school. She goes to school. She doesn't go to work. Um, takes his daughter to school in the morning. And while he's running errands, he asks another farmer that he runs into if he has ever heard voices while he's, like, working out in the fields. So that's just, like, some weird common <laughs> working on a farm phenomena. But everyone looks at him like he's fucking bonkers. So I guess everyone else is rational. It's just like his family and the people he interacts with are not. So everybody looks at him like he is just like full lost it. It's like had a sunstroke, you know. Back at the cornfield, we get some spooky music. And we hear the voice again. And Ray snaps. And he like looks out in the field all wild and he sees a ghost baseball field fade in and out. And then fucking Ray Liotta's face shows up. <laughs> and then just fades away. And then it's a hard cut to them at dinner. This film doesn't give you any time to digest anything going on. It all is just like, roll with it, let's go. We got shit to do. Come on. <laughs> like, I'm just throwing all this shit at you. It's, <laughs> it's great. Okay, so then they're at dinner. It's dinner time now, and we're not going to deal with the Ray Liotta's face um, over a ghost field over corn. We're just eating dinner now. So yeah, it's dinner. He tells his wife that he thinks he figured out the voice. It wants him to build a baseball field and Shoeless Joe will come back from the dead and play again. So Ray figured it out. That's good. Did Ray write the Da Vinci Code? Can we get Ray working on fucking... Diplomatic relation. What are we doing? Homie figure that shit out of me. What? What the fuck? Just from two, two mirages? Cracked that code? Was like, oh, I need to build a baseball field. And Shoeless Joe, who's a dead person, is going to come back to life and play on it. <laughs> nope. Nope. Wouldn't have been my conclusion at all. If I was standing in a field and I saw a vision of a baseball field... And then um, Ray Liotta's face, I would go, well, I guess my frontal cortex has melted and uh, this is the end. Uh, goodbye. Like that would be, <laughs> just be prepared to die. <sighs> but not Ray. <laughs> Ray knows what he has to do. Yeah. So his wife... <laughs> 
talks about how he's troubled um, by his broken relationship with his father. It's, 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 it's weird. It's weird that that's like where she goes, I guess, because they're talking about baseball. Um, but yeah, his dad's name is John Kinsella. He was a devoted baseball fan. And Ray fears growing old without achieving anything. And so his wife thinks that he's completely bonkers to build this baseball field. Uh, but then she's all like, okay, you know what? Y- y- you really got to just do it. Go off, sis. You know, supportive. Why not? <laughs> so then we get a montage of him clearing his field while people from town heckle him <laughs> from the street. They had to drive out to the farm. They had to go out of town and drive up. It just becomes a thing, which I can't, I mean, I would have been there. I would have been front and center. Y'all know I would just, I would have been on the hood of a car screaming, eating popcorn, having a blast watching this white man build this fucking baseball field. So yeah, people are calling him a damn fool. But he just teaches his daughter all about the history of Shoeless Joe and how he was super great, but he got suspended. And so I guess that's why he's going to want to come and play again, because he got suspended. He finishes building the field and watches it from his window, and seasons change. Suddenly it's Christmas, we know, because he's in a sweater and there's snow and gifts. And he's still just staring out the window. It's very Twilight reminiscent. Twilight New Moon when she's sitting in the chair looking out the window. So Twilight stole this from Field of Dreams. (laughs) What? (laughs) What an amazing franchise. Okay. Whew. Okay. So. Ray and his wife are discussing finances at the dinner table, and it's springtime now. And they're worried they'll lose the farm when Karen, his wife, points out that there's someone out on the lawn. Fucking gasp. It's a fucking ghost-ass baseball player and no one in this scene reacts correctly. Ray just goes outside and his wife puts on a pot of coffee and the ghost is reacting correctly. He seems pretty shook by the whole place, but then just suddenly knowingly nods at Ray, who gets a ball and a bat and just fucking hits it to him, but he's ass at it the first time. And then But then he knocks a few to him. And Shoeless Joe just catches them, then comes up, and they exchange names, finally. Joe goes and dramatically holds a bat and gives a monologue comparing losing his job to losing his leg in a war. He compares no longer being allowed to play Major League Baseball to losing his leg in a war. (sighs) Ray then pitches Joe some balls. 
<laughs> and he knocks him out of the park. It's very good. He throws him a curve and it nearly kills Ray when he hits it back. Because, you know, Ray thought he was giving some hot shit and he wasn't. Joe then monologues about how much he loved the game and the brass decor of the hotels he stayed in. It's very poetic. It's really nice. And he would have played for nothing. He loved it so much. But he's confused about the lights on the field because they didn't have them in the past. So that's cool. Ray's wife, Karen, and daughter come out and we notice Joe can't leave the perimeter of the field. And he tells them the other eight from the team that got suspended too would love it uh, out on the field. And so Ray's just like, yeah, they're all welcome. And his daughter also asks if he's a ghost. She is the only together one in the film so far. <laughs> and then Joe's like, do I look like a ghost? And she's like, I don't know. You don't, I guess you don't look like a ghost. I don't know. And he's like, woo. And then he just runs for a long time across the field. And then he stops. And he asks if this is heaven. And Ray's like, no, it's Iowa. And then he disappears into the fucking corn. At lunch with the in-laws, his brother-in-law offers to buy the farm, but they say no. And Ray and Karen go to the field, and the other eight players show up, and they just start to play. And the in-law comes out, and you find out that the players on the field um, can't be seen by him. <laughs> so there's some rule. I don't know. It's a, it's, I guess it's like a... I don't, is that in Peter Pan? Like a pixie situation? I don't know. The in-law can't see him. and He's like an angry person. So maybe that's why. He doesn't believe. Um, and then we hear the weird voice say, Ease his pain. And Ray's like, What? What the fuck? Then Ray and Annie attend a PTA meeting where she argues against someone who is trying to ban books by Terrence Mann. Ray then figures out the voice was referring to Mann, which is wild that he figured it out, and they don't know the connection to baseball. So Ray does some research and finds out Terrence Mann had named one of his characters Joe Kinsella, his dad's name, and had once professed a childhood dream of playing for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Ray decides he has to take him to a baseball game. <laughs> and Karen, and, oh, Karen is his daughter's name. Annie is his wife's name. Well, well, it's fine. Annie, his wife, thinks again that he is bonkers until they start talking about how they had identical dreams about Ray and man attending a game at Fenway Park. And so she tells him to go. <laughs> Ray decides he has to take him to a baseball game. Um, so he goes to fucking Boston. Where he is. Where he is. And he's... <laughs> he's not slick at all. He just finds out where he lives and goes straight there. And Terrence Mann is played by fucking James Earl Jones. <laughs> I don't... What... What happened? What's happening? All of what? Uh, so much 
I, there's not, a, I can't question. There's too much, you know? We just have to keep pushing. We just gotta make it. We just have to make it. Anyway, so Ray shows up at Terrence Mann's house, and he's just, like, angry. He's just, like, an angry guy. He seems to especially not like Ray because he hates the 60s lifestyle of peace, love, and dope. Ray gets desperate and pretends to have a gun that he pulls on man, but he straight up just almost beats him to death with a crowbar. But it's okay. Man is a pacifist, so he doesn't do it. Ray pleads for him to go with him to a game that night. And seemingly just to get like rid of Ray, Man agrees to attend the game. Man talks about how he left the civil rights movement because great leaders were murdered and there wasn't great change, and so he gave up. Fucking relatable, but you know, we gotta keep it going. In the stands, Ray hears the voice again, and it says, Go the distance. Then on the scoreboard, it says, Archie Moonlight Graham, and he writes it down. Man says that he didn't see anything, and Ray apologizes for wasting his time and takes him home. Man compliments his passion. They say goodbye, but then Man stands in front of his car and says, Moonlight Graham, who played in one game for the New York Giants in 1922, but never got to bat. And so Man also admits to hearing the voice and says that they have to go get Moonlight Graham and, like, set out on the road together. (laughs) I guess it's like, yeah, it's like on the road, but it's baseball. (laughs) They drive to Minnesota, and while Ray is telling Annie that they are going on a trip, we see that she is having a meeting with her brother, seemingly selling the farm. Ray and Mann get to Minnesota and learn that Graham, who is a physician, had died years ago. They don't get why they've had to come here. And they just talk to people about Graham, who seemed to be, like, really happy and lived a good life. And while they're just, like, (laughs) hanging out in the hotel together... Uh, man sees in the newspaper that his father has reported him missing, and so he has to call him. And Ray goes on a walk. And while he's taking a walk through the town, uh, we see some old-ass shit start appearing on the street. Like, there's, like, a Nixon re-election poster, and The Godfather is playing at the theater. And Ray just realizes that he is now in 1972, which just doesn't seem, which just doesn't seem to fucking phase him because, yeah, why would it at this point? He sees Graham and he goes up to him on the street. It's like old man Graham. Graham tells him about his baseball career and how he left the minors because he didn't get to play. That it was like watching his dreams pass him by. And Ray asked him if he had a wish, would it be to bat in the major leagues? Um, And he's like, yeah. And Ray says he can take him. But Graham says he can't leave his town and that he has no regrets. Oh, it's nice. Back at the hotel, Ray tells Man about Graham and says he can't leave his town and has no regrets. Um, And he has to call Annie back. So he calls Annie back. She tells him that the bank sold the collection on their loan to 
that Mark man, which I guess is her brother, and if they don't sell them the farm, they'll foreclose on them. So during the drive back to Iowa, Ray picks up a hitchhiker who says he's looking for a baseball team to join. His name is Archie Graham, which seems like a coincidence, right? It's not. There's no subtlety in this whole thing. While Archie is asleep, Ray tells Man about his dad doing the same when he was young, that his father dreamed of being a baseball player, then tried to make him pick up the sport instead. When he was a teen, after reading one of Man's books, Ray stopped playing catch with his father, and then they became estranged after he mocked his dad for having dumb, bad baseball player heroes. Hmm. Ray then admits that his greatest regret is that his father died before they could reconcile. Well. So they get back to the farm in Iowa, and Shoeless Joe lets him know that they invited another team to play with him. Then we see various all-star players on the field, which I can't name any of them. I don't know who any of them are, but I'm told that they're various all-star players. <laughs> and then they invite Archie to play with them. During the game, Graham finally gets his turn at bat. And he doesn't do too great at first, but he does finally connect one, and he helps his team. And then Annie, Ray, and Man do the wave in the stands. It is very wholesome. But of course, the next day, Mark shows up and is a real big bitch to them. But then Karen tells her parents that people will come and they will buy tickets. They don't need to be worrying about money. They're gonna be fine. <laughs> so we just have a, uh, t I don't want to say a touched child, um, but I did. I said it, um, like um, you know, a prophetic, a prophetic child who just knows. And then man also says that people will come, and they won't know why, and they'll just watch the game like they were kids. It'll be as if they dip themselves in magic water. And the one constant in America is baseball. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> Mark is like, the fuck are you all talking about? Y'all are going to get evicted if you don't sell at Camp A. And Ray looks out over the field and the players. And he decides not to sign the farm over. So Ray and Mark start to full-on fucking, like, fight in the stands. And they m knock little Karen off of the bleachers, and the girl is fucking dead. She looks dead on the ground. It's awful. And Graham comes off the field, and he turns him to old man Dr. Graham that we met out on the street, and he saves her. He just, like, pats her on the back and she chokes up part of a hot dog. <sighs> but now he can't return to being young, I guess, because he stepped off the field. It doesn't make any sense. The other players couldn't step off the field at all, but for some reason Graham could step off the field. I guess it was because he was saving the soul of a child. I don't know. But now he's old, but he had to be old to do that? I don't know. It's fine. Everything's fine. It it's they're ghosts and it's fine. And so he's like, it's okay. You know, I have no regrets now. 
and he's commended by the other players, and then he disappears into the cornfield. <laughs> Suddenly, Mark can now see the players. I guess he had to watch his niece almost die um, in order to see them, but he can now see them, and he urges Ray, too, to also keep the farm. <laughs> Shoeless Joe then invites Man to enter the corn at the end of the game. Which absolutely sets Ray the fuck off. Because he wants to see what's in the corn. But he isn't allowed to see what's in the corn. <laughs> Man has to calm him down. And he's like, it's okay. You know, I'm going to write about it. I'm going to write about the field. And it's going to be great. And then he disappears into the corn. And he gives a very delightful laugh. Joe then creepily stares and smiles at Ray then looks towards the catcher who's standing at home plate and he says if you build it he will come and when the catcher removes his mask ray recognizes him as his father as a young man ray realizes ease his pain referred to his own regrets so Ray's father, John, comes up to him and introduces himself because he didn't even know Ray exists at this point because he's too young to have had him yet. And Ray introduces himself. Um, Ray introduces him to his wife and daughter. They walk around and chat a little about how grateful John is for the place to play. And then John asks if this is heaven. And Ray says, no, it's Iowa. Ray then asks if heaven exists, and John says, yeah, it's where dreams come true. Realizing that this place with his wife and his kid is, in fact, heaven. No. As John begins to head towards the cornfield, Ray finally calls him dad and asks if he wants to have a catch. And John gladly accepts, and Annie turns on the stadium lights. And then it pans to the road, and we see hundreds of approaching lights coming to the field from cars, fulfilling the prophecy that people will come to watch baseball. <laughs> and then the credits roll. Mm. <laughs> That's Field of Dreams. <laughs> it has a 87% on Rotten Tomatoes, Letterbox 3.5. I was surprised. I thought it would be higher, honestly, because people fucking gas it up all the time. It's so fucking iconic. It was nominated for three Academy Awards, Best Picture, Best Original Score, and Best Adapted Screenplay. In 2017, it was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as culturally, historically, or <laughs> aesthetically significant. Good for Field of Dreams. It's bonkers. That shit is so wild. Every second of it is so ridiculous. I like... It's... I don't know. I don't... I don't... I don't know. I don't get it. It was like char... I guess it was charming. Was it charming? I think I enjoyed it. I think I had a fine time. But I think I had a fine time because it was so wild. 
everybody's just so calm the whole time about all this wild. The, they're, they're ghosts. It's ghosts. It's a horror movie. This is a horror movie. It's a supernatural thriller. It's Field of Dreams. <laughs> but sure, I don't know. Tell me your opinions of Field of Dreams. I don't <laughs> Do you have big opinions about it? Maybe you do. Let me know them. Um, but yeah, uh, um, yeah. So we're we're actively moving. So if you have heard things in the background, that there that's active people moving from the apartment, and that's you know this is real life. Um, so do I relate? Um, no, I don't at all. <laughs> There were all the well, no, I a little bit related to Terrence Mann. A little bit. I did. When he was talking about like being burnt out on working in civil rights because it seemed futile. Um, but like, I don't know, but not really that much. I don't agree with like I understand like it's really difficult work and it is, and I'm really tired all the time, but like it's worth it and so I haven't reached that point. And I don't think I will and I hope I don't and we can't, so uh, no. So again, back to no being my answer. <sighs> well, what a, what a welcome back. What a welcome back. Well, th thank you for still being here, even though it's been over a month. I appreciate it greatly. Um, we have a new YouTube channel. We have a new YouTube channel. We have a new YouTube video coming out. The day after this episode should be coming out. I think. We'll see. I don't know. We are busy. We shot it, though. So maybe it'll be out tomorrow. And if it's not, it'll be out the next week. Um, don't hold me to it. Don't hold me to things. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate you all. I love you all. Um, if you didn't get to see my show, it's on Patreon. I'll put the link in. Uh, minimum Patreon level or whatever is five bucks, so... If you can afford five bucks, do it. If you can't, slide into my DMs and we'll work something out. Um, great. Again, thank you so much for being here. I love you. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're staying safe, getting vaccinated, wearing your mask, doing all the good things, um, going to therapy, <laughs> being safe. Uh, yeah. Um, Cool. Well, uh, still keep sending me suggestions. I promise I will maybe do them, even though I ignored everyone for this one. But, you know, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will get back into it. Um, yeah. I love you. I have been your friendly neighborhood friend, friend Allie. Um, and I would build a ghost portal for you any day. All right. <laughs> I love y'all. <laughs> okay. Bye.